Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints to help us understand and be encouraged and inspired regarding how do we navigate the tumult of this life. And boy, is it tumultuous. Our culture inside the church, outside the church and the world. I think uh, there's a lot of us who never talk apocalyptically. You know, if you know history, you study church history, you you see all the undulations and you sort of rationally go, well, it's been worse. And uh, we're in one of those times, actually, where I think uh, everyone is, is uh, even if you're a little less inclined to be apocalyptic about how you think about things, we're looking at Matthew 24 and looking at the predictions of Jesus in the last days and what's what's going to be happening. And there are a lot of beautiful lights in the world that help us to navigate these times. And Deacon Harold Burke Sibbers is one of those. And Stephanie, you're going to introduce them. Uh, would you do that, please? Well, we have two guests. Today. Oh, yeah, that's right. We have two guests. One one I like a lot. The other one's just okay. <laughs> uh, Deacon Deacon Harold, I like a lot. No, our pastor, Father Father Andrew Jones, who I, I will say is an extraordinary pastor. We love him to death. So uh, he's with us today. And but uh, when and he is pastor of City of St. Jude in Montgomery, Alabama, a historic best parish ever. It's, it, it's, it's a fascinating parish. It's a historic black parish. It's uh, known for um, Martin Luther King, where he stopped on the way yeah. on, on the famous march. His children were born in our hospital. Yeah. yeah. We did the Freedom Riders. And, yeah. It's an amazing history. Yeah. And it's an exquisite church. Yeah, it, it is needs, one of the more beautiful ones. It needs some love. There. Well, he's, big, he's working on it. Yeah, it, it yeah. needs a little more love, but it's coming. It's yeah. But coming. you know, you know, I'll accept some love from other people right. if they want to send some. <laughs> right. send, send, send some green love so they can, uh, right. so we can keep the place up. If you have heart for a beautiful historical church, stop by and give them some love. Okay, so uh, we want to welcome Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. 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 Sivers um, is an internationally renowned speaker, author, and preacher. He has appeared as a guest on numerous international Catholic radio and television programs and is the host or co-host of several popular series on the Eternal Word television network. He is the author of five books, including Behold the Man, A Catholic Vision of Male Spirituality, Father Augustus Tolton, The Slave Who Became the First African-American Priest, and the, the acclaimed new book, Our Life of Service, a handbook for Catholic deacons and a brand new book. Yeah, called, so it's six books. It's six books. Yeah. So and a brand new book called "Building a Civilization of Love: A Catholic Response to Racism." So thank you, Deacon Harold and Father Jones, for being with us today. Yeah. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great Wonderful. to have you with us. So yeah, thank you. let's jump into your your work. Behold the man: A Catholic Vision of Male Spirituality. What prompted you to do all the hard work that is writing yeah. writing a book? Yeah, so so a couple of things, a little background. First, I was born in Barbados in the West Indies, um, and my mother was a Methodist. My father had no faith background at all whatsoever. So my mother converted when she was a teenager to, to Catholicism, and so I'm the oldest child of their marriage. So I'm actually the first baptized Catholic in the history of our family because mm -hmm. my mom didn't have to be rebaptized when she came into the right, church. Right, right. So when we came to the United States, our father didn't come with us. My dad didn't come. 
just me and my mother, my brother, and my grandma. And uh, so we went to the state of New Jersey, and my mom made sure that we went to church. And she worked. She was a cardiac care nurse. She worked overtime, uh, graveyard shifts to make sure that we can have a Catholic education. That was so important to her. God bless her. And, um, yeah, I, I was saying last night at the talk that, um, you know, she went to work with holes in her shoes and runs in her stockings because we needed stuff. Wow. You know, um, and when my father joined us, you know, um, we wish that he hadn't, basically. Mm. He basically uh, loved three things, womenizing, uh, alcohol, and cigarettes. Mm. And uh, he has 15 other children with other women. Wow. Uh, besides the four of us mm. with my mom. Uh, and he drank. And if you ever come from a household where alcohol is an issue, I didn't have to tell you about the hurtful and painful and embarrassing moments that come from living in a house like that, where I often wish to God I lived at my friend's house rather than have to go home to my, my own house. Yeah, I had my, my stepdad was an alcoholic, fired a gun in our home, beat my mother, Ooh, yeah. destroyed our home end to end. So that's not the kind of manhood we want. That's not what we're looking yeah, for. exactly. But in conjunction with your conversion and kind of what the Lord has done with you, it forces you when you don't have that good male figure. You got to figure everything out on your own. Yeah. So my mom made sure during the separation divorce that there were other men in my life that were godly examples because she knew if that didn't happen, then what happened in my in my neighborhood that I grew up in in the Weak Wake section, Newark, New Jersey? You went to the gangs because mm. these guys are looking for father figures. Yeah. They don't have the fathers at home. So they go to the gangs. Right. So my mom makes sure I was in good gangs, like Boy Scouts and altar <laughs> servers and, Smart. and stuff like that. Smart. So so um, my scoutmaster was a huge influence. Teachers at my school, the monk, I went to a Benedictine high school, St. Benedict's Prep in Newark. The monks, my wrestling coach. I mean, these were men that really, I mean, they pushed me. They challenged me. They believed in me often when I didn't believe in myself, you know. And, uh, and I became the first person in my family to go to college. Yeah, and, uh, and I felt a uh, vocation to Benedictine life. So I... Uh, went to college for four years, uh, worked for a year, and then joined a monastery as a Benedictine, and which I enjoyed that very much. And then my mom got sick and almost died. So my sister was still in high school. So I left to take care of my mom and my sister. Mm. And then when I was out of monastery, I went to a wedding and met my wife. So, <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> and she's from Oregon. Yeah. That's how I got out there because, you know, if you're from the East Coast, as far as we're concerned, Philadelphia is the West Coast. Right? <laughs> you don't go past Philly. Yeah. But uh, so that started life out there. And and what ended things with my dad, even after the divorce, when I joined the Benedictines, I went to his apartment out of respect, because he's still mm -hmm. my father, mm -hmm. to tell him what I thought I'd be doing for the rest of my life. And our conversation went something like, you're going to do what? Mm -hmm. You're the first person our family ever go to college. And he's bragging. You went to Notre Dame. And now you're going to waste your life living with a bunch of men? What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to tell my friends? Mm. Well, painful. I told him, but he can tell his friends. Uh, and then I didn't speak to him for 18 years. Then you had to go to confession. No, oh. no. I, I, I literally consider him dead to me uh, from that point forward. I didn't, mm. I didn't talk to him for 18 years. Wow. Mm. So, um, which I had, I had no problem with that. If he would have died during that time, I would have not just completely ignored it. So I joined a monastery. I left the monastery. I'm, I'm moving out west. And um, my mom says to me before I move, she goes, the only thing I want you to do, son, when you leave this house is to pray for your father. Mm. And I said, no. Mm. And my mom, my mom's like, she was like four or ten or something like that. You know? back, back upon. Yeah. And she looked at me. She goes, I don't think you heard me, son. <laughs> I said, the only thing I want you to do when you leave this house 
yeah. just to pray for you. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah. So I just say, press, just throw his name at the end, mm-hmm. just you know, just because I told my mom I would. And I even, even got to the point when we started having kids, and they asked where their grandfather was. I told my kids to their face that he was dead. Mm. You know, that's how much I, I hate him. I, yeah. I mean, I, I say it now, kind of embarrassing, but I hated my father. Yeah. You know, um, and so um, that's basically what what it was. In fact, for the wedding, my sister got married at City of St. Jude. Yeah, how crazy! In, 19, in, in 1995, so, so I was there before. I I walked my sister down the aisle because yeah. my father wasn't there, so, so I walked her down so the aisle. So just for context, Deacon's here to give talks on, you know, a Catholic, the building a civilization of love, his new book, and on on racism at this historic parish, and that's crazy that yeah that, yeah that that connection yeah this is a crazy connection because you know that was started last year with Bishop Joseph Perry, the auxiliary mm-hmm. bishop of Chicago, um, every year for November, which is Black Catholic History Month, mm-hmm. um, which I'll be honest. I didn't know that until I came to City of Saint Jude. Yeah. It's, you know, we don't do a good job. Well, you've done a great job. Yeah. I mean, really so so November that. is Black Catholic History Month in the United States, and so we started this uh, sort of lecture series, right? And we started with Bishop Perry came last year and talked about Father Tolton. So we had Deacon Harold this year, and you know, came into the church and everything, and mm-hmm. didn't say anything until a sister came because she lives in the area. Oh, she, I know. she teaches. Yeah, she teaches in the area. Oh, fantastic! And uh, and she her. said. She said, I got married in this church and you walked me down the aisle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I remember, I just, I didn't remember it was that church. I mean, this was before diaconate, yeah. before yeah. any, yeah. I, I, I only been married a year actually. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it was long before, because I usually remember when I go back to a place, yeah. but this was before yeah. everything. So, so quite and, crazy and I, coincidence. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. beautiful. So let's turn a corner and I'd like to, your story, of course, is powerful, and I a lot of I can resonate with a lot of the pain and the suffering, and then having to rebuild your own vision of what it means to be a father. I had less help than you did on the backside. My bio biological father was helpful because he was a stable provider, but he had his dad was an alcoholic and a philanderer as well. So it's just it's crazy what so many of us grew up with, where we have to really figure it out, you know, on our own. Thank God you had your mom to point you to all those, get you in the right Catholic context and coaches. But I'd like maybe you two to take a shot at, we have a few minutes for the break. Diagnose, if you would, or maybe give me the top three ailments or however you want to say it of the of current masculinity that really needs to be addressed by the church and by the work that you, you've written. I just real quick before we go to that, yeah. just because I, I, I'm cognizant of people like on the edge of their seat now. Oh, you your father did get reconciled <laughs> just to cap that story yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, 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 yeah, so. Uh, it didn't end with him hating his yeah, mother. So, so the, the, se- the 17th year of our estrangement was my first series on EWTN called, uh, named after the book that I wrote, Behold uh, the Man. Or uh-huh. I've written a book and then EWTN wanted me to do a series. Uh, or actually, the other way around, this series, and I wrote the book. But so uh, it started airing internationally. Someone saw that, called my father, said, Isn't that your son? Uh, and so he starts, looked on the channel. He saw it was me. Yeah. And he wanted to watch the next week. And instead of watching me, he's wa- he, he got the time where he's watching Mother Angelica. Uh-huh. So he didn't know how it worked. He thought, okay, this lady's going to come on and my son's going uh-huh. to. And so I he never, kept listening. I never, and he kept listening. <laughs> I, I, so later we'd ask, why did you keep watching? Even though I didn't, he goes, she just made so much sense. Yeah, she, she kept it. There's a man who never went Mother to church. Kept the only time I ever heard him talking about God was as a curse. Yeah. And now he's watching Mother, and, and he watched for a year. <laughs> <laughs> and then called me out of the blue, and that began our reconciliation. Awesome. He came awesome. to Oregon. He met my wife and kids for the first time. He reconciled with my mom. Praise the Lord. And uh, and when he died, 
And in 2016, I was at his bedside praying to chaplain mm. by mercy. Wow. And my favorite part of that story that you said, the monastery that he is so mad yeah. that you join, the the uh, a priest from that monastery was the one who anointed him. Yep, before he oh, died. God. Yeah. Oh, wow. God be so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So we are going to go to the break, but just to remind you to kind of set your mind when we get back from the break. I'd like to hear from both of you because you know, you hear it as a priest in confession, you hear it in terms of people that you counsel, you see it in the culture, you're 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 the youngest guy in the room as well. But also from you, Deacon, uh, I'd like to hear you both talk to what are the things that ail uh, young men and, and male spirituality in our time, and then what are, what are the remedies? So we'll do that when we get back. The beautiful fact that no suffering is wasted, that all suffering has a purpose, and to wrestle with the idea, which is that everything that happens in our lives is either willed or permitted by God. Okay, God, why would you permit these things? I know that you're a good father and you're a loving father. So there's something there. So I, I have to bridge this gap between your permission of my suffering to your love for me as a father. And Uniformity with God's Will, the book by, by St. Alphonsus Liguori, bridges that gap. And he explains as only he can, because he's such a hard hitter, the reality that these are all moments of growth, of virtue, of, hey, your legs are weak. You're like a newborn deer. You can't stand on your own. We need to get you to stand on your own. You know, those sorts of things. Even even desolation, you know, the day-to-day kind of the ebbs and flows of the spiritual life. Those things are all permitted for a greater good, whatever that might be. Check out the brand new updated version of Uniformity with God's Will titled Finding Peace in the Storm with Commentary by Dan Burke. This is Dan Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio. Two special guests today, our own pastor, one of the best homilists, by the way, in the known universe. So I think we're going to get a sign on the front of the parish that says, uh, greatest homilist ever, you know, or something, and put it up there. Got to put an asterisk in English. In English. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And Deacon Harold can preach like crazy, too. Boy, if you've never heard him speak... uh, and by the way, just for lineup's sake, you don't want to put me after lunch. I'm a little sleepy, but if uh, uh, but Deacon Harold can wake anybody up at any time <laughs> with his energy. He and I did a men's conference a few a while back, but we're talking about behold the man, the Catholic vision of male spirituality. For the break, I asked both uh, Deacon Harold and Father Jones to to diagnose a little bit about the issues with male spirituality in our time and what are the what are the answers? Yeah, so. Um... You know, in, in Genesis chapter two, when, when the Lord puts the man in the garden, he says he puts him there to till and to keep it. And those words are abad and shamar in Hebrew, which means um, abad means a work that's in the form of service. And shamar means to protect and defend. So he's giving him his mission, his purpose, uh, his reason for existing, serve, protect, defend everything that I am entrusting to you. And we've lost that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we have men who uh, basically spiritual lethargy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, know, they'll, they'll, you know, their faith is just kind of secondary, even tertiary mm-hmm. in their life, if it means anything to them at all. You know, um, we've, we've lost this sense of um, to, to, to serve, protect, defend. Uh, the prayer life, I think, it suffers for a lot of men. Um, you know, a lot of men aren't leading their families. They aren't being the priests in their families, leading their families to heaven. 
uh, by by being the chief prayer mm-hmm. in in the family, and, that, and definitely not praying with their spouses. That's a whole other thing. Uh, and then I think the uh, the sexual temptations, you know, pornography. And I haven't worked in law enforcement and seeing human trafficking up close, mm. um, and, and seeing this multi billion dollar industry being fueled by pornography. You know, so um, so there's definitely some challenge. And then this culture where feminized, mm, you know, uh, it, you know, this is a feminization of of, of men, um, and kind of women having to assume those masculine roles in the family. And it doesn't help that you have individuals and institutions that are uh, trying to further that, you know, the, mm-hmm. the the disintegration of the nuclear family, you know, cisgender privilege, all this garbage language being used now to basically describe the destruction of the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And so what we have to do as men is recover ourselves, get back to a proper sense of who we are. And, 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 and my whole thing is you have strong men, you have strong families, strong family, strong church, strong church, we take back the culture. Amen. Right. Yeah, I would say, you know, from uh, work with with younger younger guys, I was I was a priest at Auburn uh, for a year before I came here. My best friend is is now the current chaplain when at Auburn you're University. Also with focus, I was yeah, I was focused missionary for four years before seminary, um, and uh, you know, work at the high school here uh, with high school students. I think uh, you know it was interesting. I was talking to my friend who's who's the uh, father Peyton Plus was the uh, the chaplain at Auburn University now down the road. And he was giving a talk to the CYO the other day's youth group Catholic and um, Catholic youth organization. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he's talking about, especially with men, right? Like, you know, doing, doing the harder thing, finding something uh, to excel in, like to be the, the best you can be in your life, you know, and to reach for something like extraordinary. And he said that uh, the, the students like afterwards, like straight up to his face, told him like, I don't really want to do anything with my life. Like I'm, I'm happy where I am. Hmm, there's like, just like a malaise yeah he said but they're but they were like honestly they're like we don't we we're happy we don't want to do anything else and he's like what what like what do you what do you yeah. do with that there's like there's not even like an, an aspiration the for drive. anything else yeah, yeah because and so i i think what what you sort of see is um we we've created an atmosphere um in which you don't have to do anything you don't you you can you can sit at home and you can play video games all day not my house uh, well no not oh uh, yeah. yeah we're not talking about your house we're talking about we're talking about <laughs> you know in general right you can sit at home you can play video games all day you can order what you want on amazon you can mm. have you can have things brought to you food right you don't have to do anything if you don't want to there i don't know that we've ever had a a time in the history of the human race where that's been the case just because of affluence you mean yes i think i think in the west today it we're we're in a i think we're in a new situation really like you know solomon says there's nothing new under the sun this is new i think you know may, maybe back in the days of solomon like if you were the prince and you mm-hmm. grew up like sheltered in the, in the palace or something but everybody's like that now hmm. yeah. and like and, and it's like what do you do you know and, and i think the spirit behind you know the worst of the united states of america i would say you know is uh it's like a spirit of like self-reliance like i don't need anyone else that's an older you know that that's that that was my dad's my generation my dad's generation it's we it's we have the freedom to achieve but now it's take care of me is the primary yeah. value yeah, yeah I, would ar- I would argue it's a spirit of effeminacy hmm. uh, of this um so effeminacy is is not feminine but rather this um this lack of desire or lack of ability or lack of willingness to do what needs to be done, to do the harder thing, 
right? And and I think, um, you know, I, I've, I've heard people talk about this. I, I think what we're looking at is probably coming out of pornography is the, is the prevalence of pornography because it kills the male. Um, it kills his drive. It makes him phys physically, emotionally, spiritually sick, immature. Uh, immature. Um, you can pretty much tell if somebody's got a porn addiction by their immaturity or trauma, they got kind of get stuck in this adolescence um, where they are. And it, it's just, a, it's a real sickening of the culture and I think it's 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 been targeting our male f men for a long time, and then it destroys the family. It destroys relationships. You know, people don't want to get married anymore. Right. Uh, they don't even really kind of even want to live together. If they do, they're not all that interested in sex. That's the other thing we're finding out. I mean, it's a really right. really sick culture where everybody's just kind of as asleep and effeminate and passive and that's that's terrible because yeah. what's happened is if you if you go after the family then you know there's no children and if there's no children there's no priests yeah. if there's no priests there's no eucharist so we need to really understand that this is a demonic attack on families and on the drive of men to seek their wives to procreate to build a life to build society men have no purpose anymore but the question is for you guys how do you get there from here i mean yeah. obviously you can speak the truth but how do you motivate how do we reach young men and get them moving on this right path yeah i think you have we have to challenge them they're not being challenged right now yeah um and i think in in his heart of hearts men need to be challenged and i think what you said was important um what pornography does it destroys the heart mm -hmm. you know and in hebrew the heart is is leb and in, in Hebrew understanding, different parts of the body serve different uh, spiritual functions. Mm -hmm. And so the heart is the place where your desire for God lives in you. Pornography kills that. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is revive the heart of man, the, revive that heart of men mm -hmm. to get them empowered, inspired to move forward. And one of the ways is you challenge them because they're not being challenged. But I think deep down inside they want to be challenged sure they do yeah you know because that just the very That's nature of who we are yeah. 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 yeah so we just have to tap into that yeah. and stir those coals into flame in the so, heart yeah, of our, it reminds me that the, the uh the the story you told to the high schoolers the other day when you said you got that b plus you know oh yeah 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 right yeah. and so he was saying you know like first high school grade gets a b plus like God, you know he's given everybody his test putting it down on the piece of way he said did so you like turn it over? Yeah. So I turned it, I turned the, the it's my uh, 14 years old. My first grade in um, uh, high school was this uh, history test, Mr. Frank Mullen. So I turned my, Mr. Mullen would walk up and down the desk and turn your paper over, keep walking. So I turned my paper, I said B plus, And I audibly said, yes. And Mr. Mullen stopped walking and he backed up and he looked at me and he goes, and you're happy with that? I'm looking at him like, yeah, I've, I'm thinking about, I got B plus, not a bad way to start, you know? And I was so proud. I went home and showed my mom. I said, mommy, look, I got my first test in high school. I got a B plus. I told him, Mr. Mullen said, he goes, no, son, you don't understand. What he's saying is you could do better than that. Mm. And it, and it I mean, it, it, it sparked something in me. Mm. Not you know, to I said, to, to, yeah. he said, you could do better. He saw something in me. I didn't even see it myself. Mm. So I said, what if I worked a little harder? What if I went out to school and got some tutoring? What if I, 
and it just it just awoke awoke wake us up in me. And then from that on, I just I just pushed forward. Yeah. And I just said became mm-hmm. the first person in my family had an academic scholarship mm-hmm. to college. So it, you know it was because but, uh, of my mom and because of people that pushed, that pushed me and challenged right. me. You but know? I think it's, it's it's something like that, right? Is like the solution, right? You have like you have you have men who you know, and maybe you know, like you said, there's there's lots of young men out there who don't have male role role models are positive ones right but they have guys in their church they have mm-hmm. guys like in their community and you can take that as a as part of your fatherhood like yeah. i i don't have my own biological kids but i have kids yeah and i can take that responsibility on them to, to do what mr Bowen did right and to say yeah. like look i love you yeah and you're great but you can do better well no, right? it, it can even be even simpler stuff you know like uh i know we travel lots. We don't, we're not at our own parish a lot on Sundays, but we were on Sunday a little while back, and I saw the, all these little new altar servers you mm-hmm. have, and I I went encouraged every single one of them and just told them, "You're awesome, proud you know, proud of you for what you're doing or whatever." So they they are seen by somebody because when you're seen by somebody outside of your family, that has a because you just sort of expect your family mm-hmm. to encourage you, that has a big effect in saying you're doing great. And then eventually, if I see him again, I'll see him four, five, seven, ten times. So you ever thought about being a priest? Oh, I could wait. I could be a priest. You know, yeah. you give him the vision yeah. for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the educator at the table. You know, the teacher in my background. I think kids need goals. Yeah. I need they, they need stuff to work towards, like the A, like the better grades, like the challenge or whatever. The other thing is, is boys in particular, men, you know, boys need to be active. We have a yeah. very passive culture mm-hmm. where everybody's sitting and and we're very passive. Men need to be running. They need to be challenging. They need to be working. They need to be challenging their bodies, which challenges their heart and their mind. They need dragons to slay. Yeah. Guys need dragons to say. They need risk. They need yep. adventure. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. one of the things that saved me when I was a kid is my dad taking me to Alaska or going up in the mountain. My dad was a manly guy. And those were the best times for me. The home was not good. But when I could escape out in the wilderness and do things that are risky, I guys got to do that. And the, the feminization of the culture is moms want to protect kids from risk as a natural thing. And they want, and dad's, need to have the freedom you know especially at a certain age when they're big enough to go get you know roughed up and go get you know exactly. go have some adventure we 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 we're already out of time and i i wish we weren't because it's such an important topic behold the man a catholic vision of male spirituality is the book by deacon harold burke Sivers. recommend anything and everything he does it's all going to be good. It's all going to bless you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay, until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.